Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Multiverse Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Dean Holtzapple. That is George Rogers. Let's say hello, George. Monday's with the multiverse. It's Tuesday. Uh, not by my calendar. Tuesdays with the with the Toltyverse. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so uh, here we are. Here for I believe this is episode one fifteen. Some wild and crazy Ooh. stuff. So we're recording this on a Tuesday night. Uh, you will hear it once we finish up here. I'll put put it put it up on the on your the business. Page. You'll hear it when we decide to post it. Yeah, fuck you. I'll cater to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is uh oh, yeah, this is episode one fifteen. So, uh, ooh, excuse me, I was eating some Elio's nasty ass Elio's pizza before I got on here. Um, That's what you get. Yeah, uh, but here we are. We're here to do Lethal Weapon three, and um, that'll be a lot of fun. George uh, and his uh, his girlfriend Amy saw the movie about uh, it's uh, Nicholas Cage. The the unbearable weight of massive talent. And, oh boy, what a action-packed, fun for a ride that movie was. <laughs> um, I shit you not when I tell you that this very well may be one of the best Nicolas Cage movies I've ever seen. I mean, it's not hard, but I hope It so. is extremely hard. It's like you've never even seen Vampire's Kiss. That's true. I'm a vampire. I'm a vampire. For the simple fact that there are several points in this movie where Nicolas Cage is talking to a younger version of himself is amazing. Fantastic. Uh, George and I are planning to see it. Uh, again, he's already saw it. Uh, we're planning to see it together on Friday. So uh, that should be I, a lot of fun. I will see this movie every time someone goes, hey, do you want to go see that Nick Cage movie? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do want to spend more money to see this movie. So, looking forward to that. But, uh, Nothing else to really talk about. You know what? I want to say something real fast to everybody. Fuck you. Good night. Oh. (laughs) All right. But uh, but, uh, (laughs) I just want to put it out there. I want to thank everybody for all the support you've given us over the last uh, almost two years. We're coming up on our two year anniversary. So, uh, yeah, I don't remember the exact date. Um, I got you. I I got you something for our anniversary. Oh, did you? Yeah. What'd you get? Uh, we'll spoil it on the air. Okay, so our, our two-year—it's a high five. Okay, our two-year anniversary is May twenty-sixth. Um, which uh, so, sounds sounds fake. Oh, we have two classic movies to uh, to uh sandwich that between uh, on May 22nd we're doing Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and on May 29th we're doing The Rock <laughs> so I can't think of a better way to celebrate our one two year anniversary with those uh, with those classics so uh, that should be a lot of fun but back to-, to Nick Cage yep so but today we are uh, we're going to be reviewing Lethal Weapon three. We're we're creeping up on the end, the current end of the Lethal Weapon franchise. Uh, of course, there's a fifth movie in pre development. Uh, haven't really heard anything more about that except for Mel Gibson is directing it for the late Dick um, Donner, and it's called Lethal Finale. So, oh, did did um, they, did they agree on that? I thought they were just calling it Lethal yeah. Weapon five. But they're calling it yeah. a Le- Lethal Weapon five, the five inning. 
<laughs> well, at least that's the that's the name that's here on. Um, oh, is that what they say on the uh, wiki? Yeah, so it says on Wikipedia. Uh, oh yeah, February 18, 2018, Donna revealed the official title to be Lethal Finale. Ah. So, um, is it true it's called Wikipedia? Sure. Okay. Um, but hopefully that'll uh, hopefully that'll. Um, Part that'll, of the door closing Amy Sushi has been delivered. Oh. Um. But yeah, hopefully that um that will uh, start off soon um, because it is, it is confirmed that Gibson is director. I think I've said it before. I think Shane Black should have been the director. I mean, I, I love Mel. I love Mel. I think he's a great director. He really is a great director. We, um, we said but before I, when, um, when Richard Donner died, we thought that Shane Black was going to get tapped a helmet. I really thought that was going to be like, that was going to be like a foregone conclusion that, he was going to direct it, but I mean, Mel has directed some good movies. I mean, you know, before we get into this review, let's, you know, well, man without a face. Yes, he did. And he wrote it and he starred in it. And he also, I mean, he directed the passion of the Christ. Apocalyptico was pretty awesome. Actually. Um, He'd also directed Hacksaw Ridge. So he's only, you know, directed, you know, four movies, but uh, those four movies made a lot of money. Yeah. That, he, that he directed, uh, and he, he probably, and he makes movies for cheap he, because he, he probably would have directed more had he not gone on a anti-Jewish laden rant uh, <clears throat> fueled by alcohol. So, but I mean, his movies make a de- he filmed like Braveheart was made for like sixty five million dollars and made two hundred million dollars in the box. Was it really? It was basically made for peanuts. Yeah, and Apocalyptico was made for forty million dollars. And it made $120 million at the box office. So. That is fucking... <clears throat> yeah, and then his other movie he directed, Hacksaw Ridge, uh, was made for $40 million in a box office of $180 million. So, um, I'm sure this... I mean, I mean, these are... you know, I'm sure these movies are they're not, you know, super... Uh, yeah, I mean, the Lethal Weapon movies are essentially just made for, you know, a handful of, a handful of peanuts and... Uh, and a couple packs of cigarettes from Mel. Yeah. So, um, but I mean, yeah, I was really, su- I was really uh, surprised that Mel was tapped to direct it. But I'm happy it's him. I'm happy it's staying in the family. That they're not bringing, you know, somebody from the outside in. You know, what I mean, I think if it wasn't going to be Shane Black, I mean, Mel is the next best thing. You know. You so, got to you, you got to bring in someone who's going to treat the characters with respect. And yeah. since this, I mean, yeah, he did Mad Max also, um, mm. you know, before this, I mean, he was already kind of a big name, but the Lethal Weapon franchise basically shot him straight to the damn A-list. Yeah. Like, we could talk about how great Mad Max and the Robot and all those was, but Beyond Thunderdome was kind of a down, but it was really not that great compared to the other two, but Lethal Weapon made him a household name. Like, that's when we're like, all right, we need to pay attention to this guy, Mel. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Uh, Have you seen that movie with him uh, with the beaver? No. <laughs> it's a it's a beaver puppet that he wears on his hand, and he. Talks oh, I've heard of that. Yeah. He talks to himself as the beaver puppet. Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah. It's uh, 
it's a sight to be yeah. seen. Because you figure, um, just kind of while we're going on him real quick, after Lethal Weapon 1, which he did right after Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, he did Tequila Sunrise. Lethal Great Weapon movie. Two. Great movie. Uh, he did Lethal Weapon 2, 89. Uh, in 1990, he did Bird on a Wire, Air America, and Hamlet. Um, then he did Forever Young, which is, a, I think, a, a romantic movie. Mm. Uh, have you ever seen it? I have not. Uh, no? Lethal Weapon Lethal Weapon 3. Um, after that, he did The Man Without a Face, which I, ha I have seen um, years ago. Uh, Braveheart. Casper, apparently. <laughs> Casper. Uh, Pocahontas. People forget he was the voice of John Smith. Oh, my uh, God, he was. Yeah. Ransom. Huh. Cons conspiracy Theory. Payback. Lethal Weapon 4. The Patriot. What Women Want. I mean, this man shot to the damn stratosphere. Right after those movies, so you know, hey, nope, you're absolutely right. He went on a great run. I mean, I, I, I even think about it later on, uh, you know, he did like The Patriot was a great movie, and uh, I'll say it what well, Women Walt was a great movie, it was a great movie. I'm not gonna lie about it, I don't care. And, what I, like sign, and, and I like signs, I do too, yeah, I do too. Uh, I, I thought it was a good movie as well, but enough about that. Let's um, let's get into it, shall we? Let's get in. Oh, you know the deal, George. When was the first time you saw it? This was actually the last Lethal Weapon movie that I saw. Yeah, it was just one of the things where it wasn't really readily available to kind of watch at the time. Like I've seen Lethal mm. Weapon one and two before, and then I saw Lethal Weapon four because it was in the nineties, and you know, and, and and once that kind of hit out, everyone was talking about it because Chris Rock was a hot was a hot ticket so everyone you know and, and jet lee which, uh -huh. which gained a lot of traction so little bit three i didn't really get a chance to see that much the biggest memory i have of this movie is actually the pinball machine because really? at the columbus hill there was a lethal weapon three pinball machine and i if i'm not mistaken the plunger which is what starts the pinball machine it, it, it punches the ball up was actually like the trigger of a gun Oh yeah, I vaguely remember that. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I vaguely remember. Um, like, I, I think I, I like. I have a very vivid memory of just like playing that pinball machine a couple of times. I mean, it was between that, the Guns and Roses pinball machine, and clearly I was playing the Guns yeah. and Roses pinball machine. But I have a very vivid memory of that pinball machine. You know, when I when I sat down to watch this uh, yesterday, um, it kind of dawned on me that I think this actually might have been the first Lethal Weapon movie I saw because. As I was watching it, I, I just remembered ev everything that was happening in it. I mean, I, I, I know I don't watch this one as much as one and two, but, um, like you know, when it got to the scene when they were in the parking garage, and then there was the the cat there, and they were trying to defuse the bomb, and I was just like, I think I saw this movie first before the other two. Now, now that I was thinking about it, I think this was the first one I saw actually because I I vividly remember that scene. So much do I actually thought for years, I, I, cause again, this isn't one of the ones for some reason, you know, I one and two are just so great. So, but for some reason, up until we watched, uh, until we reviewed Lethal Weapon 2, I thought that scene was in Lethal Weapon 2. <laughs> 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 because I had, I, I, you know, Lethal Weapon 3 and 4, I just don't watch that often, even though I think 3 is a great film. But, um, and I think 4 is really good too. I just, just ones I don't, I, one and two are just so good. You know what I mean? It's These just, are, they, I mean, 
these are four solid films. Yeah. Not many franchises would, can, can really I, tell you that. I would say of you know, there's four films. I would say two of them are great. And then you have two that are really good. Like they're not bad. Like even like three and four are not bad movies. You know, they're just I, I think just one and two are just so good. You know what I mean? So um, but yeah, let me uh let's run this down. And then uh, George, while you start to read, I'm gonna go blow my nose real fast because my science is killing me today. So, um, so let me uh, rock and roll. Well, we got? Well then, well then, do you want me to run everything down while you blow your nose? Because usually you do the rundown and then I start the read. So do you no, 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 I'll, I'll run it down. I got a box okay. of tissues right over here, so I'm not, I'm not going very far. Um, I'll just put myself on mute and then go blow my schnoz. Um, all right, so um, uh, lethal weapon three. Released on May 15th, 1992, with a budget of $35 million and a box office intake of $321.7 million. Directed by the late Richard Donner, screenplay by Jeffrey Bohm and Robert Mark Kamen, uh, based on the characters by Shane Black. Music by Michael Kamen, Eric Clapton, David Sanborn, starring Mel Gibson, Danny Glover, Joe Pesci, Rene Russo, Stuart Wilson. Let me go over to the cast. I should always just do that. Uh, Darlene Love, The Usuals, Mary Ellen Trainer, uh, you know, stuff like that. They're all there from the previous movies. You got new people, whatever. Steve Cahan, you know. Uh, they should have just got Eddie Murphy to play Ed, Captain Ed Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, sometimes not? he's called Lou, so nothing makes sense. Sometimes yeah. he's Ed, and then other times, like, I could when he was Lou Murphy. Yeah, Maybe true. I'm making that up. That's possible, too. That's true. So uh, without further ado, everybody, I'm going to go blow my nose and George is going to read this first paragraph. Yep. A week before his retirement, LAPD Sergeant Roger Murtaugh, you know him, you love him, and his partner, Martin Riggs, are demoted to uniform duties after failing to defuse an office building bomb. While on street patrol, they witness the theft of an armored car and help thwart the crime assisted by armored car driver Dolores. One of the thieves gets away, but the other is taken into police custody. The suspect is found to be a known associate of Jack Travis, a former LAPD lieutenant who's running an arms smuggling ring in Los Angeles. The department is further concerned that the thieves were using armor-piercing bullets. Riggs and Murtaugh are re-promoted and assigned to work with Sergeant Lorna Cole from Internal Affairs to track down Travis. So this is actually one of the... I can't remember if they do it Lethal before. I don't think they do. Um... This movie is the only Lethal Weapon movie that actually has like a title card to it. Where the others just kind of like you know they'll say like the name of the movie and then it cuts right into the action. This like they actually plays it plays like it plays that song over the opening like part of the credits where it actually runs through the names you know Mel Gibson, Danny Glover, Rene Russo, Stuart Wilson, and then like. Lethal Weapon 3 and the 3 is in fire and then it cuts to it. Like it's only when action does that. The others don't run down the credits in the beginning. They'll That's just true. Do, they'll just do title card and boom. Actually, I think Lethal Weapon 1 I might. Uh, yeah. I believe it I believe it does. But I know Lethal Weapon Ooh. 2 did. Because Lethal Weapon 2 it just did Lethal Weapon 2 and then it cut right into them in the car and Riggs screaming while he's punching the roof of the car because he loves his job so much as a cop. Mm. Um, but this opening with them 
going into the bone to, to defuse the bomb. They're like, no, we should wait for bomb squad. And the Rick's like, ah, well, you know, bomb squad, they're always like, they're not going to be here. It's like, come on, we can, we, 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 we can do this. We can take care of this. And, you know, Bertal doesn't want him to do it because a week from retirement, he doesn't want Riggs to kill him, which mm. is an ultimate fear when you're partnered with Martin Riggs. Yes. Because um, you've seen the previous two movies. <coughs> He's he, will, uh, he will 100% kill you in the line of duty because he thinks it's funny. As he says later in this movie, I'll eat your heart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but like, you know, then they're defusing the bomb and they're still looking as a call. Like, and then he's looking at it, he's like, Yeah, this is complicated. I, I, I don't know if I could do this. It's like, it's like, damn it, Riggs, you got me involved. He's like, No, no, Roger, I think I can do this. I can do this. He's like, All right, I'm gonna cut, I'm gonna cut the red wire. All right. Uh, red, red. Uh, or is it blue? Maybe it's blue. Is it red or is it blue? It's like Briggs, Briggs is a green wire too. Oh, all right. Well then, it's, well then I'm gonna cut the red wire, and then he has like he has the snippers over the blue, mm. like I, it's almost like he was purposely fucking with Martal to just see if he'll have a heart attack. And then like that cat jumps on the uh, on the on the roof of the car, which is a good little jump jump scare moment, sort of. Not mm. really scary, but you know, it made Martal jump. So, and then he snips the wire, and then it's like, hey, Raj. Grab the cat, and then they just run out. And then Bomb Squad shows like, ah, Bomb Squad. Mm-hmm. Just, just pure hilarity. Like nobody had better chemistry um, than um, Danny Glover and Mel Gibson. I agree. It just unmatched. I can't like with like, like with everything together with them. It's hard to believe that there was even a script that was written. Like I wonder how much of this was just off the cuff and just flew. Mm-hmm. Because they just seem to work so well together, even to the point where I saw a, a video clip a few years ago. I think it was, I think it was Richard Donner's birthday, or they were honoring him for something. Mm-hmm. And Mel and Danny came out to like to honor him. And they're still talking like, "Oh, you wear my jacket? No, no, I'm wearing your jacket." So they're having a whole thing where they're basically doing rigs and Myrtle, like talking about you know if they're if they're where if one is wearing the other one's suit or not. Like, it was very, like it, 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 it was very lethal weapon ish, like the way mm-hmm. they were talking. Uh, but either way, they get demoted down to <coughs> down to uniforms or to blues, as they're as they're called in the police world. Um, then they witness an armored car theft. Great car chase ensues with uh, with Riggs hanging off of an armored car and off the back of it, and Murtaugh falling behind in the other armored car, which is being driven by Dolores, who develops a bit of a sweet crush on uh, Murtaugh, and just spends the entire movie flirting with him and showing up at the office to uh it's like oh he's my little jelly roll it's like oh come on come on raj you're a little jelly roll mm-hmm. yeah just just great shit um then we kind of find out then we we kind of meet the big bad of the movie which a bit of a step down from what we had in the previous movies with uh you know with with mr joshua and captain McAllister. Mm-hmm. and arjun rudd and uh and, and and his group you know it's just a a former police detective, uh, a former police lieutenant who has been investigated by internal affairs a number of times because he's extremely rough and violent. So, right. But he's a uh, he, he's he's running an arms smuggling rank because he still has like codes to get into where the um, where everything's kept underground. And plus, he mm-hmm. has a of course he has a crew too, and he shows up at the police station. Shoots, was it Billy? Billy, yeah, shoots yeah. Billy, 
who was played by <coughs> a young Mark Pellegrino, I think is his name. Let me just, yeah, Mark Pellegrino, who would later become popular or, or, or famous, I should say, for being a for being on Lost as a character named Jacob. And for those of you who didn't watch that bullshit, um, he was Lucifer on the show Supernatural, which ran for 15 seasons. So mm-hmm. he's been around. Uh, also, we would know him as being Hulk Hogan's brother in the wheelchair and No Holds Barred. Oh, my God. Well, he wasn't in the wheelchair. He got beat the shit out by Zeus and put in the wheelchair. Right, then, right, 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 right. But at the, I remember at the end of the movie, he falls over in the wheelchair and Zeus kicks him while he's lying on the ground. <laughs> God, what are we reviewing I, that? Never. <laughs> you say that, but it's happening. <clears throat> That's true. It's coming. Um, and then there, then his partner Smitty, which you know, we, we come to find out that not only is Jack Travis former LAPD, but he's running a bit of a like a real estate. You know, he's got he's got like housing developments that he's building up, and then he buries the other guy in cement. Yeah, mm. real classic shit. But while all this is going on, um, they notice that, or they're in the elevator with Renee Russo's character, Lauren Nicole, when she's in, and that's when they find that she's part of Internal Affairs, and you know they're the they're the police police, and and you've seen in any movie, TV show involving the cops, you know anybody who works at Internal Affairs is you know immediately they just want nothing to do with them. Which we actually saw in our previous review with the Dark Knight, because that's mm-hmm. what Harvey Dent was before he became a district attorney. Mm-hmm. He worked in internal affairs. Like, ah, oh, they heard they, they have another name for me when I worked in internal affairs. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I like when Riggs and Martell are fucking with her in the elevator. When they're talking, when they're basically pretending like they're on the take. Yeah. Like, oh, get them like, no, 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 it's 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 fine, it's fine. You know, they're they're purposely messing with her, and she wants nothing to do with them because. They're juvenile, which, yeah, they are. Of course they are. But there's a lot really kind of going on in that first 10 minutes of the movie. But mm. it doesn't feel rushed. And it doesn't feel no, like it's not at all. It follows a natural flow, and you just kind of see where everything's going. You know, R- Myrtle's a week from retirement. Riggs is noticeably frustrated because he's losing, you know, because he's losing his partner. And also a little bit of continuity. Mm. Riggs doesn't smoke in this movie. He's actually quitting smoking because at, oh, yeah, the, you're end right. of, you're right. yeah. at the end of the last movie, when he's laying there, when, you know, after he gets shot up at the very end of the movie, he basically tells Myrtle, you know, cause he pulls the cigarettes out and then he puts one in his mouth, spits out and he goes, Oh, like those things will kill you. So mm. a little bit of continuity. So he, we can see he's still, first off, he isn't drinking anymore, which I think mm. we got that from the end of the last movie. And he, because uh, in the second movie, they're talking about how he's on the wagon, so he doesn't drink, and then he's quit smoking at the end of *The Weapon* too, which he's dealing with here in this movie. So, right. some character <clears throat> for, for Martin Riggs. Mm-hmm. I'll just say it. Yeah, you do. I mean, well, it's Richard Donner. He's not gonna. He's, exactly. he's not gonna throw anything in. Exactly. Travis is currently negotiating with mobster Tyrone regarding his arms deal. The armor car thief that escaped is brought to Travis, who subsequently kills him in front of Tyrone for putting the police on his trail. I literally just mentioned that. Travis then uses his old police credentials to enter the interrogation room and kill the suspect in custody. Wow, I I jumped ahead. Did you really? Yeah, I mentioned all of it, and I didn't even talk about it in the uh, because it came up in a paragraph. Travis is unaware that the closed-circuit cameras have been installed in the station, and Cole is able to confirm Travis's identity. While the three are reviewing the footage, their good friend Leo Getz, 
who's uh, making his return from Joe Pesci, who's now has a bleach blonde hairdo, mm-hmm. who arrives at the, has been helping Murtaugh sell his house, arrives immediately recognizes Travis from several prior business deals and his love of ice hockey. Uh, your favorite, the LA Kings. Yep. Murtaugh rigs and gets narrowly miscapturing Travis at a hockey match and gets his wounded. However, gets manages to provide them with the information of a warehouse Travis owns with which they suspect is where he has stormed stored his arms shipments. So uh, Lorna Cole doesn't really want them anywhere near this case mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. She doesn't like, you know, she doesn't like Riggs and Murtaugh. She thinks they're cowboys. You know, they, you know, they, they don't play by the rules. You know, for every reason that we love them, she hates them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Leo, who's has been selling Murtaugh's house because he's retiring, he's going to move. He shows up and he recognizes, he's like, I know him. He's like, ah, oh, you know, uh, 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 you know, some guys like girls or whatever. This guy liked hockey. He liked hockey. So, so is Leo Getz in your movie played by uh, fucking oh my god, Bruce Valanche? Yeah. Oh, well, that's, <laughs> that's what. It, that's that, that was how Charles Nelson because I can't do a Joe Pesci. Because <laughs> anything you want, Leo gets. Get it? Mm-hmm. I get it. I was cool. there. You're the second man on the grand scene. All. That's right. I've come to confess. <laughs> they, they end up like kind of cornering him at a Kings game, but Leo gets shot in the arm. And then to kind of keep Leo off the case, mm. Riggs fucks with his chart and makes him get a, uh, makes him get a, like a proctological exam. Mm-hmm. You can't do that nowadays. That's something there's, I would do to you. There's HIPAA violations. You can't do that. There's HIPAA violations. You'll go to jail. Yeah. I, I would do that to Chris. He'd be getting all sorts of pissed up his ass. Yeah. <laughs> He'd be like, hey, can you sign me up for that? I want that. <laughs> like, sir, you're coming in for a dental exam. He said, I said in the ass. <laughs> He'll be like, sir, you're coming in for a dental exam. He goes, what goes on in this doctor's office is none of your concern. <laughs> be like, well, as long as I'm working here, it is. <laughs> then maybe you shouldn't be working here. <laughs> Uh, Good one. We're back. Good one. We're back. I, I yeah. see you, Chris. Yeah. Hope you appreciate that. He won't. He'll be like the disrespect. Riggs and Murtaugh contact Cole for backup before they raid the warehouse and stop at a food truck to wait for her. It's not really a food truck. It's more or less like a hole in the wall stand where he makes the burgers, which by the way, you can't tell me that those probably weren't the best goddamn burgers in LA. I agree. We've always said that the best food will come from a hole in the wall. I, we, we always stand by that statement. Yep. Uh, I've yet to be proven wrong. Same here. Yeah. As they wait for their food, they witness a drug deal and attempt to stop it. Murtaugh kills a gunman who fired at them while the rest escape. Murtaugh recognizes the gunman, Daryl, as a close friend of his son, Nick. With Murtaugh emotionally distraught, Riggs and Cole head to the warehouse where they successfully secure the next arms, the next arms shipment delivery. That night, Riggs and Cole find they have feelings for each other and sleep together. Riggs later finds a guilt-ridden Murtaugh drunk on his boat and consoles him in time for Daryl's funeral. There, Daryl's father passionately insists that Murtaugh find the person responsible for giving Daryl the gun. So there's a lot of emotional weight in this movie that the other mm-hmm. ones I don't think have. Um, uh, just, I think you're. I think you're right. 
especially from Murtaugh's point of view, because the first two movies, it's more or less Riggs is who we're following. You know, Riggs is the one who <clears throat> is on suicide watch. He's the one who's the quote unquote lethal weapon of the franchise. Yeah. Uh, you know, Riggs is Riggs has always kind of had a little, you know, he's, I think Riggs himself has always kind of felt out of place in terms of like, like, like Murtaugh has got the, you know, he's got the family, he's got the kids, he's got the big house and all that, you know, I mean, Murtaugh lives on a trailer on a beach, mm-hmm. not, not knocking it because that looks amazing. Yeah. I'm going to lie, but you know, Riggs is always, you know, he's, he, he's always kind of going through something. So here he's kind of got his shit a little bit together to a point. You know, he, he develops feelings for, for Lorna Cole because they're essentially the same person. Uh, you know, they're comparing their bullet wounds and all that. You know, she has a love of the Three Stooges like like Murtaugh has or, 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 like, or like Riggs has. So they're essentially one and the same. And it leads to them having, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's probably boring sex. Rene Russo is <laughs> <laughs> He's a hard sex at best. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. Just like Sally Field and Maggie Gyllenhaal, a hard, a, a hard sex at best. 100% right. Yeah. Um, Couldn't agree more. Yeah. But, you know, they, at the food truck, you know, Mur- Murtaugh ends up going and he's he's making the burger and he's trying to talk about how, you know, he's explaining how he makes the burger. Meanwhile, Riggs, you know, as Riggs always looking around, he kind of sees that drug, he sees that deal going down and he goes to investigate. He gets taken, he, he gets knocked out by uh, a two by four to the back of the head. Hmm. That's when Murtaugh <clears throat> ends up shooting the gunman who's hiding in a, like a little shack. Oh no! And now I got a now I got a pantomime for uh for George comes back. Uh, hello everybody, welcome to the show. Uh, so hey, I got I got I got this funny joke right while we're waiting for waiting for George. So I said to Chris yesterday, I said, "Hey Chris, what's your favorite uh position to play in baseball?" He said, "Oh, I like to pitch." I said, "Oh, I thought you would like to get fisted." What the fuck? <laughs> I came back just as you said. I had this funny joke to tell, and I was like, "You know what? I'm going to let him go with it because I didn't want to interrupt. I didn't want to interrupt what was probably going to be brilliance, and it turned out it was like a wet fart. Funny to us. The disrespect. No." The Jizzler. Oh, George, you're 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 beatboxing again. My table. Am I am I am I am I good now? You're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. Am I still beat booping? Anyway, we saw Daryl earlier on. You know, Nick is still in school and you know, and, and trying to do right. Daryl has you know, stopped going to school. Now he's part of a gang. He's making money. You know, and and, and is a worried that Nick's going to follow the same path, but he trusts that Nick has a good head on his shoulders. And Nick doesn't end up doing that. So, yeah. you know, good on him. But it still fucks up Murtaugh because he essentially just killed a kid. Mm. And, and Riggs is trying to tell him, you know, you know it, it was either you or him. 
know, and, and, and you made the choice and you made the right choice. So it's, but, but Murtal can't, can't get past that. And he ends up kind of disappearing. Um, you know, ends up maybe find later. He, <coughs> he can't deal with the fact that he just, that he just killed a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, which, and we kind of get that from Die Hard a little bit. Where, uh, not to kind of go back to another movie or not, but, but, mm. but Al says that when he talks about you know, they can see everything at the academy except how to live with a mistake. Right. But Murtaugh feels he made a mistake, even though in essence he did do the right thing. He was breaking the law. He did fire on him, but he can't. He he doesn't see that. Mm. That's why I said like a lot of emotional weight in the movie. And the, you know, before they know Riggs and Cole go and enter that warehouse where we learn that Lorna Cole, along with many of the other things that she has in common with Riggs is the martial arts background because she ends up beating the shit out of everybody who's there. Except for that dog that ends up kind of training. Mm. <clears throat> Our dog, which is right. hilarious. And all those dogs show up in the later movie too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's great. Uh, but they also make a joke where they say something where it's um, Riggs mentioned something and she's like, oh, that's like a, that's like a laundry, a, a, a lingerie store without a front window. And then later, Riggs is sitting there, and he's like, "I don't get it." And she's like, "What?" He's like, "A laundry, a, a lingerie store without a front window." Apparently, that was just when they made a punch on. There was no meaning behind it. Richard yeah. Donner was just like, "Hey, this will be fun." Yeah. <laughs> so, it, it worked. Um, yeah, so it's hilarious. Um, so Riggs eventually finds Murtal on the boat, and they have this kind of emotional you know, kind of heart to heart where, you know, where it shows that like that Murtal is fucked up because he's, you know, three days from retirement, he shot a kid. But then we see that Riggs is also in pain too, because he feels like he's losing his family because, right. because Murtal is going to retire and move away and it's going to leave Riggs all alone. So we see that he's also kind of dealing with it too, but he's, it, it he, he's bearing it in a way too. And then they end up coming to, you know, like comical blows, they fall off the boat. Yeah, and they're like, oh, what are you guys doing? There? It's like, no, nah, no, nah, it, it's okay. We're we're cops, we're partners. <coughs> go to the they, they, and they go to Daryl's funeral, which it's a '90s movie, so cue the boys to men. Mm-hmm. Um, oh so, yeah, <laughs> I don't mind. I, I I I don't mind it. I'm never gonna mind it. You no. play all the boys to men you want. I'm gonna listen. And uh, Daryl's mother slaps Murtaugh, and. Carol's goes, if you want to do, if you want to help, uh, if you want to help Sergeant Murtaugh, you find the man to put the gun in my son's hand. Yeah, and then that kind of gives Murtaugh the shot that he needs to, all right, I I gotta get on the straight and narrow, get this all figured out. Mm-hmm. So meanwhile, that brings us to Cole finds Legion a, back at the Legion of Doom in Los Angeles. Cole finds a Daryl's gun. <clears throat> And the arms they recovered were originally in police custody, meant to be destroyed, and were stolen by Travis. They revoke his credentials from the system. They further tie the guns to Tyrone and interrogate him. Tyrone directs him to an auto garage where many of his henchmen work from. Riggs, Murtaugh, and Cole are able to arrest several of the men. Meanwhile, Travis has one of his men hack into the computer system to find another armed storage area. He then forces Captain Murphy under gunpoint to take him to this new facility so he can steal the guns using Murphy's credentials. Mm. Cole finds that the evidence of hacking and Murphy's absence and the three, along with a rookie cop, Edwards, 
who looks up the rigs of Murtaugh, intercept Travis. They're able to rescue Murphy and stop Travis and his men before he can take the weapons, but Edwards is killed during their pursuit. And it seemed a little unnecessary, but I get the the I, I get the gravity of him uh, having to having to get shot. But this leads to a whole thing where they find that the guns were meant to be destroyed. The rose are in police custody. Uh, they revoke Travis's credentials so he can no longer get into uh, into the into the storage area to get the guns. They, they trace everything back to Tyrone, who immediately gives up Travis, um, especially when. Briggs, especially when Murtaugh's sitting there with the gun, puts the gun in Tyrone's face and is screaming at him. Then they go to the garage where Lorda Cole beats the shit out of more henchmen. Mm-hmm. And God, there's another <clears throat> they have one of the guys, he's laying down the ground and they're revving the car over his head. You know, like they're going to run his head over before he gives mm-hmm. him up. Then he get, you know, obviously he gives up the farm as well. God, there's no way. There's no way cops were getting away with this. No way. Ever. <laughs> but I love it. I, lo- I love every bit of it. Uh, and then Murphy is essentially is, is taken by Travis to go to another area. He's handcuffed. They're taken underground to get more guns. And that's when they kind of, and then the Riggs, Murtaugh, Cole, and Edwards, you know, they're tracking him down. So they go um, and find Travis and his henchmen. In the storage facility, um, Edwards is killed with the armor-piercing bullets. That's that's what takes him down, right. because he's actually shot by Travis, who has the because it goes through the barrel that he's hiding behind and into his chest. And Riggs is just like another baby, or, or, or Murtaugh is like another baby gone too soon. And here's something that's not really mentioned too much: is that the fact that Murphy falls uh, onto the tracks and ends up taking out one of the henchmen by kicking him onto the third rail, onto the electric rail. Which, oh, yeah, yeah. Which the henchman that he takes out was the guy that played Billy Bedlam in Connor. Oh, yeah, you're right. It was. This dude just yeah, never makes I, it. This dude I totally. Makes it. I recognize him, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, which that actually leads to. Uh, hold on. Oh, they don't even mention it, but there's actually a pretty good car chase where. Riggs steals a motorcycle and he's chasing Travis and his like number one guy who's on one of those trucks that can ride on train tracks, but also on the ground as well. Mm. I don't know. We don't see that the, those fancy things here in Jersey. Mm. No, but you either just have a car or a train. It's a pretty exciting car chase where Riggs ends up like falling off of a um, an overpass that's not finished yet because it's LA, so right. Robert Rose. It's just like it's, it's just like Jersey and two ninety five. Trying to find under construction. Yeah. But that's where we go here. Getz provides information on a housing development owned by Travis's shell company. Riggs, Murtaugh, and Cole infiltrate the site at night and enter a large scale gunfight. Riggs sets the construction site on fire and most of Travis's men are killed while Travis wounds Cole. When Travis uses a bulldozer to chase down Riggs using its blade as a bullet shield. Hold on. Murtaugh tosses Daryl's gun, now loaded with the armor-piercing bullets, to Riggs, who then shoots and kills Travis through the blade. After finding out Cole wore two layers of Kevlar vest, Riggs admits his love for her as she's taken away by in a chopper. So, I actually like this third act of the movie. I mean, it's not as... It, it doesn't have the gravitas of... Oh, do you? Up a two on the album yeah. Martin. But this right. is still pretty good, too, because... 
because they show up in there are Murphy's car and like, oh, what's Murphy's car? And there's like a shotgun, like a couple of the guns and brings this up. Um, I think he takes a truck or he puts it on in neutral or something, but is draining the gas from it as he goes through it's like, all right, count to 30 and then light it. And ends up uh-huh. basically setting that truck, setting the gasoline on fire, which is going through the housing development. So it basically sets everything on fire. Yeah. It's just a, it, it's a really good just action montage because it's just it, it's a gunfight, but also there's hand to hand combat too, because the Murtaugh finally learns a little bit of a hand to hand fighting as well. Uh, yeah, my favorite my favorite part of the movie is is in her act. Is it when he is it earlier in the police station when when Murtaugh kicks the water bottle off of the uh, off of the water cooler? No, when Riggs trying to teach him how to do a back spin kick. No, it's when they're it's when he uh cracks open the case of bullets with the with the uh with the hatchet and that guy shows up he goes, Hold this and he heaves a hacks the uh, the axe into his chest and goes, oh, God, that's son of a son of a bitch. Jesus <laughs> yeah. And I also love when um you know Cole gets shot and there's like a, a hell of a chase between Riggs and Travis where he's actually chasing him through the like through the um the incomplete houses through the framework. Uh, I, I guess you would call it. And uh, hey, time out. Uh, everybody, bear with me. My headphones just died, so I'm using my laptop's microphone now. So, yeah, we're good, though. Let's hey, continue. Um, yeah, yeah, we're good. Um, shit. So, um, Myrtle ends up putting the armor-piercing bullets in Daryl's gun, throws it to Riggs, and he's like, no, cop, because they're calling them cop killers. Mm-hmm. And they're like, cop killers. And he shoots the... Uh, he shoots Travis through it. <laughs> no one's around Riggs. He's just like he's just like <laughs> ex cop killers. Like yeah. there was there was nobody around to hear that setup. Yeah. But then, but that doesn't even kill Travis. It, 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 <coughs> yeah. But it doesn't even kill Travis. All it does is wound him. Mm. And then Riggs just sets the bulldozer to keep going, and he drives into the house while it's burning. Mm. So not only was he shot with armor piercing bullets, but he's also been set on fire as well. You know, lethal weapon shit. Yep, it's yeah. just been revoked. He he was not set up for that for for that reference. You know, the next day, Murtaugh's family is celebrating his retirement. Where Murtaugh reveals to Getz that he's decided not to sell the house and stay with the force, preserving his partnership with Riggs. As the film ends, Riggs announces his relationship with Cole to Murtaugh. There really isn't too much to say on that, but Finn. Yeah. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, the movie ended when, when Lorna Cole was taken away on the chopper. Yeah. <laughs> like our earlier movie, he calls her Lorna Dune, and I was cracking up. I was like, why do I get that? It's the name of a cookie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this cookie uh, thought we're going to be in there, but it turned out to be sewing equipment. <laughs> no, that's those, uh, that's those blue Danish cookies. Oh, whatever. The world, the royal dance cookies. Tomato, tomato. I guess. We <laughs> <laughs> uh, out of ten. Out of ten. Honestly, I give it a nine. As do I. Yeah, I think there. The only part, of, the only thing about the movie I don't like is it felt. Uh, some of the stuff felt a little too ninety-ish to me. Like when he falls off the scaffolding, or he, you know, he falls through the the, the floor panels. That seemed a little too like '90s action to me. Yeah, um, I give it an eye because I don't think Jack Travis as is 
that threatening of a villain as yeah. uh like Arjun Rudd and like Mr. Joshua. Like I agree. Like, yeah, I know physically Riggs could house the shit out of Arjun Rudd and but he got basically beat the shit out by Vorstead and and lead the weapon too. Yeah. Um and then Mr. And then him and Mr. Joshua just with that with, with that massive fight on Murtaugh's lawn. I mean, those were different. Like, but like Jack Travis, I feel like Riggs could just break his neck with one fail swoop. Like I, I agree. <laughs> I mean, he was like a cunning villain, but there was just you know just just a little something missing uh, from his from, yeah, from, from that for me to give it a ten. But I mean, all the major all the, all the major characters played their roles and they played them well. So you you can't yeah. you, you you can't fault it. Nobody phoned in a performance. Everyone was there. Yep. Another great Michael Kamen score. Absolutely. With with Eric Clapton. With Eric Clapton. Uh, favorite scene. Is it what you just said with the... Yeah, uh, I told you. When Danny, 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 Danny Glover heaves that fucking uh, axe in that dude's chest. <laughs> um, oh, wait. There's also a post-credit scene. Is where they yeah i forgot there was a post-credits yeah all the way at the end they uh riggs and Murtaugh show up at another bomb uh at, at another site that has a bomb but as they get there it goes it the bomb goes off so they drive away and they're both sound we're too old for this shit oh my god how did i see? i didn't even bother watching it yeah i mean that's not my favorite part my favorite part is actually the very beginning where they're trying to defuse the bomb because it's just it's classic riggs and Murtaugh. yeah it is Plus, like, I also get a cat. Plus, yeah. I also get a cat out of it. True. Uh, do you have a least favorite scene? No. I don't either. No. I don't. I, I don't think there is one. I don't know how you can have the least favorite scene. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's uh, that's lethal weapon three, everybody. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, thanks for joining us. <laughs> I'll make sure next. I'll make sure for our next podcast, I charge up my headphones <laughs> like an idiot. They died right at the end here, so I hope everybody can hear me. Um, yeah. Okay. I hear you. Um, I hear you're pretty clear. Okay. I don't know how it'll be translated. Oh well. Fuck you. If you guys don't like it. <laughs> Deal with fuck it. Fuck them. Fuck them if they can't take a joke, then they'll just hear yeah. my voice. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, it's about time somebody besides you dropped out of a podcast. <laughs> yeah. So. uh all right, everybody. So join us next week. We're, great, uh, great. Now the novelty is ruined. Yeah. Uh, the, the plan is to do the first Terminator movie, but uh, who knows? We never know. We can pull an audible, but the plan is the first <laughs> Terminator. So we've been uh, trying to do the first Terminator movie for months. Yeah. <laughs> it keeps getting so, pushed um, back. But uh, all right, everybody. Enjoy the show. Uh, we'll see you over the various other platforms we're on, and uh, we'll see you next week. I've been Dean Holtzapple. I'm still Joe Rogers, and we'll see you in the multiverse soon. The multiverse of madness coming oh. in two weeks. <laughs>